Welcome to the Regular Guys Random Things Weekly Podcast. Thanks again for listening to these regular guys talk about the most random things. So sit back and relax while they get started. Hey everyone, how's it going? This is the Regular Guys Random Things Podcast. I'm your host Scott this week. Here with uh, Dustin. Hey guys. And... What's your name? No, I'm just kidding. John? Yeah, I'm John. And How you doing? Brian. Present. So, uh, it's been another week, guys. What's been going on in your life? Let's start with you this week, John. What so, do you got going on? So, last week, uh, I, Scott and I joined a different clan for Destiny 2, and uh, it was pretty great. Within the first hours of joining the clan, we uh, did the Prestige Nightfall which is the most difficult nightfall. Um, it's like a mission or, or whatever. And uh, then after that, we worked on some raid stuff. So that's kind of one of the things that I, the highlights of my last week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about some more stuff? That's, that's the, the main, highlight? That's the main thing. That was yeah. the best thing that happened in your life? It was one of the, the new clan? It, it's certainly <laughs> very high up on the list. So I was very happy. They didn't do Trials of the Nine like I would have liked, but, uh, you know, baby steps, I guess. You're working on your kill-death ratio, is that what you're saying? Dude, my KD's pretty great. All right. Just saying. He's pretty good. I've seen him. Yeah. I'm not very good, so I need all the help you're I can get. You're improving quickly. The new clan is a is a definite improvement over the old clan, so. Yeah. Agreed. Very so nice. For, for those of us who don't uh, really understand the clan, why don't you explain that a little bit? Uh, in any community, um, especially these days in video games, they, they really encourage you to get with friends and and kind of build a camaraderie uh, with other people. So the clan just really um, makes communicating with your friends easier and coordinating um, events easier in the game, uh, like a th- something like a raid or a strike or whatever. So um, you, you play missions together then? Yeah. So yeah, some and of the mission chat. you have to have a certain number of people. So, you know, if you don't have people available to you, it's really hard to put together a group to go do the mission. So the clan definitely helps there. You have to look for a group and that you could get anything. And the guys that you join the clan with are guys you know outside of uh, Destiny? No. Nope. Not always. So they're online guys that you Yeah. In this with. case, uh, Scott just found a clan that had a lot of people and looked active. And so we hopped in with them and they have been pretty active so that's good so it pretty much sounds like an online gang do you have to get tattoos and all wear the same color shirts and stuff i hope we don't have to get tattoos because uh our part of our clan name is uh has yams in it so (laughs) i I don't know if there's a a lot of different tattoos cool tattoos with yams but so that's a yam tattoo on your neck i thought it was lips yeah well i I tried to make it look like lips because don't ask him to pull down his collar because i'm embarrassed so (laughs) well that's cool uh dustin what have you been up to um, not a whole lot. I'm going to steal the, the we went out to dinner last week. Is anybody right. else planning on talking about that? No. Go ahead. So as a group, uh, we went to uh, a Mexican restaurant for a man cave Thursday. And uh, we went to a place called La Hacienda. Uh, it's here local in our secret underground location of the earth and uh, Salt Lake City. And, hey, uh, hey. <laughs> and uh, we had a good time. Uh, we had uh, Scott ate the massive burrito. We tried to stick to something with super in the in the menu item, but Scott and I were the only ones that were able to stick with super. John had the mini. 
I, Chunka. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Scott ate the super burrito and it I had the good. super nachos. I was very impressed at both of yours' uh, dedication. That yeah, was, was good. Impressive. And then uh, we went to Shills and looked at guns and uh, and uh, looked at all the other kind of outdoor stuff. Saw John's dream bike. It's uh, that brand isn't my dream bike brand, but that concept would definitely be something I'd be happy with. His dream price tag, then? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, you, that price tag will get you a lot of the features I'm looking for. You'd be happy with any bike with that price I prob- tag. I probably would be. I'd be happiest, though, if it was a specialized Roubaix. Uh, yeah, that one's pretty great. If you said he owned a Trek, he probably would lose a sponsorship. So I don't know if yeah. we can have that on air. My, one of my favorite, uh, I don't even know what to call him, but he's amazing. He's sponsored by Trek, but I forgive him. So hmm. He's amazing, but I can't remember his name. So I know his name. I just don't know what to call his style of cycling. It's not like Lance Armstrong style. It's tricks and stuff, um, and downhill like mountain X biking. X Games stuff. It's it's like X Games, but they don't they don't they don't have anything in X Games like that. Mm. It's its own thing, and uh, he's very very good. Brett, uh, not Brett Reader, but he, Brett Reader is also very good. Brandon Semenuk and Brett Reader. But anyway, I don't know what they're called, but they uh, they're both sponsored by Trek. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. so yeah, dinner was great. We had a lot of fun. Then uh, we. Went to Shills. Went to Shills, but then Dustin and I went back to his house and started working on our ugly drum smoker, so... I heard about that. That was fun, too. I heard that you made some kind of basket and did a good job. Um, Dustin did most of it. I no, just kind of stood there. I, I put the tools in Scott's hand, and he <laughs> said, I don't know what to do with this, and I'm like, better figure it out, because I'm not doing it. To but. the point of dinner, though, I forgot that we had done that last week. Um, that was actually a lot of fun, one of the highlights, and... Uh, one of my favorite things about dinner was all the pictures that we have of everyone. <laughs> I did post those up on our Instagram feed. I didn't share them anywhere else, but... Go check them out. If you want to check us out on Instagram, they're there. So, Brian, what have you been up to? So, this past week, uh, we kind of had a little event at our house in my wife's infinite quest to think of others before herself. You can pay, pay me for that later. Um, she invites everyone over every year for, uh, like, around Valentine's Day. She, we have friends and family. They can drop off their kids, and she'll babysit for them. Like, she'll decorate the house and have activities for the kids so the adults can go out and do their Valentine's dinners and movies or whatever the events are. Wow. And then uh, we plan on doing something the next week. So uh, kind of had a lot of kids over and games and activities. They cooked cookies and decorated them and had games and other activities for three or four hours. That was kind of the big thing over the Is weekend. that brutal? Well, I can't say I can claim much <laughs> responsibility for that. I mean, did you, like, flee the house? I might have gone downstairs for a bit to do something <laughs> while all the kids were running around upstairs. But Sorry, babe, the plug server's not working. I'll be back in five hours. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, she does it every year, so we had that this weekend. So nice. hopefully somebody reciprocates and watches your kids so you can go out. Yeah, sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) So what kind of games did you play with the kids? Well, I was playing a new game that I bought from Steam. She was playing um, games upstairs where um, they played a little bit of the Switch that we have, Mario Kart, and um, she had some art activities for them, drawing and coloring stuff. And then she, some of the decorations she made is like those uh, conversation hearts. She cut those out and put little sayings on them, put them all over the walls and some banners and... (coughs) some flags 
So, um, what were the kids' age ranges? Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, they were about four all the way up till 11. Huh. There's probably about Very 10 good. of them, maybe. Sounds like a fun time was had by all, except for Brian in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It was all right. They're all all the kids are the same age range from my kids, so they all they all play well together. Did so. the kids all know each other? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. they all knew each other. That helps when yeah. they know each other. Very good. How about you, Scott? What did you do this last week? So last night, well, let me give you a little back history on this. So a couple of years, so it was like the summer of 16, right? 1969. <laughs> so, yeah, summer of 16. Uh, we went to the MLS All-Star Game in San Jose to watch Arsenal play. Right? What's, what's um, what Major League Soccer. Okay, thank you. So they played a team from England, Arsenal, anyway. That's kind of secondary. They have these this thing before where you go and do all these challenges, right? Uh, one of them was see how hard you can kick a soccer ball. Um, and so I do this, but I had horrible shoes on. So in my infinite wisdom, I take my Uh-oh. shoes off and do it barefoot. Uh-oh. Last night or the No, this 16? was like summer of 16. Okay. I do this, okay? And it messed up my toe Oh yeah, really bad. You're not supposed to kick with your toe. No, I don't kick with my toe. I kicked at the top of my foot, but it still messed up the, my big toe on my left foot. Uh, and I have been having really bad toenail issues on and off for uh, almost two years now. And my wife finally said, you're an idiot. You need to go to the doctor. It's time to quit being you know, stupid man, not going to the doctor. <laughs> so last night I went to the doctor. And this doctor uh, was apparently the right person to go to because he was in the guard. And apparently over in Iraq, that's all he does is fix ingrown toenails because I guess army boots suck. So he proceeds and uh, he gives, he has to numb your toe. And, oh, that was like one of the most painful things I'd ever experienced. He says there's several nerves in your toe. It's a very sensitive part of your body. And he had to stick this needle in several different spots. And, oh, I've had that done. Yeah, it hurt fun. bad. Hurt like a mother. <coughs> so, What's a mother hurt like, Scott? Just, it's bad. Just okay. trust me. <laughs> bad. Okay. So then he proceeds, and then all the time, my wife's in the corner of the thing. All oh, she's got a hoodie on, and she's pulled all her the hood over her eyes because she's trying not to look. And and I was trying to laugh at her to take my mind off the pain. And finally, ended up cutting two sides. Both of the sides of my toe were bad, so he cut two sides off both. And apparently I had like a quarter inch of toenail growing into the side of my Ouch. toe for like the past year and a half. And I'm you just suffered with that? Yeah, I know. Huh. Dumb, huh? Good grief, so Scott. A, was it a result of the of kicking the soccer ball? Or that's just... that's when it started giving me issues. So huh. I think that's probably had to have been it. But Weird. Yeah. So I finally got it fixed. My toe is throbbing right now as we speak. <laughs> Key question. Did you make the goal? <laughs> It was not a goal. It was just to see how hard you could kick the freaking soccer Did ball. Did you kick it hard? Yeah. Good job, kicked Scott. it hard. Nice. Well done. So, yeah, that's uh, what I did last night. It was a lot of fun, let me tell you. That sounds like a great time. Sign yeah, me well. up for one of those. <laughs> I'll bring you along next time. Maybe Man Cave Thursday. We can all go get uh, our toes. Our toenails fixed. Toes fixed. Ingrown toenails are no joke. A couple, uh, a couple of months ago, I cut my arm. And I had to go get stitches, cut it on a chainsaw. But <laughs> it was the total opposite. Like, I had Erica and my youngest daughter in the room with me. And um, 
I'm usually the brave guy who can watch anything. And like I started getting sick, I, I had to lean back and Erica and, and Sid were just watching, you know. And, Checking it out. Yeah, so they were kind of making fun of me because I got really woozy and sick and usually I don't, but. I hate needles. I cannot watch a needle be stuck into me at all. So I just had to lie back, close my eyes. And, so. I, don't, I don't have any problem with them. I mean, it's not an invitation, it's not an invitation but it's not a problem for me. So that was a fun time. Sounds like sounds like a great time. It was. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, who's got our question? The would you rather? Yeah. I've got it. All right, we're going to do another would you rather. So here's some mind-blowing would you ratherness from John. Would you rather live on an acre with a piece of crap house or would you rather live in a really, really, really nice studio to one bedroom condo no yard do you have any neighbors in the acre um or you out in the they have nowhere? they have acres too so you're like okay. at least an acre apart so a bunch of one acre plots versus some yeah. condo building where but but when i say this the land is super nice super awesome and the house sucks and then the condo's super nice, but the land sucks. That's kind of the, the would you rather I'm going for here. And they're the same distance from work? The commute's the exact same? Uh, sure. Okay. Let's say you're a rich person on an island. And are we, are we capable of making improvements to the house? Uh, yes, absolutely. Does the condo share walls with other neighbors? Yes, it does. Yep. They're also rich. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm rich, but I live in a crappy house? <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> and we had, so, but... If, as Dustin says, if you can make improvements and I'm rich, I'm picking the, the house, crappy house on the acre and fixing it up. Okay. I'm going to take the acre also. Okay. There's a lot you can do with that much land. Yep. I'm going to take the acre and hire a gardener because I hate yard work. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that angle. So I would also take the acre uh, because I want to do the yard work. <laughs> so, so I actually could care a lot less about the house and its, and its awesomeness. And I care more about what I can do to the land. So. Now, if you ask my wife that same question, oh, trust me, I know that's totally different. <laughs> I would, I would almost bet that my wife would take the the acre. Also, I don't think she would take the the condo. I know she yeah. she likes really nice things, but I, I think it'd still be the same way. I'm thinking about it. I don't like yard work at all, and I don't know what I do with the an acre. Hire a gardener. I do not want to live in a condo. I've lived in apartments and had neighbors, and that was just horrible. So I don't, you know, I don't care how nice it is. I don't want to live next to anyone. So, but if you give me a super nice house, but it's only on a small plot, I would probably choose that one. So the, the, one of the reasons that I ask this question is that uh, these days, high density housing is a huge, huge thing, and people basically do live in apartments, and they basically don't have any land, and they don't, and usually the condos are super nice. And um, right now, if you were to go buy a, a parcel of land with an acre, it's going to be a really crappy house. And it'll be very similarly priced to getting a condo. Like a, Depending on the nicety of the condo, I don't know if that's a word, but it, it'll be anywhere between like 180 and 300 for a condo. That's crazy. So anyway. I don't really see us being able to 
close to our employment, I don't see us finding an acre of land that's not going to be at least 45 minutes to an hour commute to get yeah. here. Well, and it's horse property. Well, some of the some of the properties that I'm referring to are in the uh, by the point of the mountain, you know. So whether we live in Spanish Fork or Ogden, you know, it's pretty tough to get to work. So anyway, but it's something I've thought about. And clearly, uh, you know, we're the minority because we'd rather have an acre and not have neighbors. But these high-density houses, are they're selling like hotcakes, hot you know. Mm. That's all that's on the market right now. Yeah. It's not by choice, I'm sure. So I guess yeah. really your question comes down to, would you rather have a nice yard or a nice house? Would you rather have some land and some air between you and your neighbors or granite countertops and home automation, basically, I guess? I'm changing home automation. Oh. <laughs> you can home automate your house in the middle of a lake. <laughs> That's too funny. So anyway, yeah. That was my would you rather. All right. Hope you enjoyed. Nice. So this week we had a pretty major event, I, I think, go on in the world of science and technology. Uh, a private company launched a rocket into space. You guys hear about this? Would this private company be SpaceX? <gasps> John, you have heard about this. Yes. Spoilers. Yes. Spoiler Sorry, alert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just spoiled it all. So, yeah, SpaceX, you know, the company owned by the very eccentric Elon Musk. Um, he's kind of a wacky dude. They managed to launch. Uh, did you hear what his payload was? Uh, I believe it was a car. Was a car. It was his Not just a car. A Tesla Roadster. It, it was a Roadster. Yeah, yeah. His own personal one, if I understand it right. Correct. I, I don't remember. It was his personal. I, one. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, he yeah. decided to launch, launch his uh, own car into space with a look like a dummy driving it. Did you see the pictures? Crash dummy looking thing. Yeah. So the little bits that I got on this are that that spacesuit for the dummy actually works. So the dummy is going to be safe in space and not suffocate. Basically, that's it's, right. it's a Super fully functioning. Doll. It's a fully functioning spacesuit. See that Elon? He takes care of his employees. Yeah, and he and he <laughs> said, you know, I wanted to have a spacesuit worthy of of the Roadster. So he wanted to look cool, but also be functional. And and so you saw the product of that if you've seen the pictures or YouTube stream. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I. Uh I, I didn't know a whole lot about Elon Musk before. I mean, I knew a little bit, but, I mean, this really kind of triggered me to kind of look into him and see what he's all about. I mean, he's only 41 years old. Uh, he's one of the top richest people in the world. Um, the thing that I think is the way, the coolest thing about this is that this is space travel funded by private enterprise type thing. Like, um, you know, yeah, it's a government anymore, right? Yeah, it's. it's I mean, this is. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to kind of put words in people's mouths, but I mean, this is kind of like no rules. Like they make up their own rules. They don't have to follow government bureaucracy and follow certain rules to to get what you know what's you know required to get outside of the atmosphere. So I think that's really cool. He did have some government funding, like grants and stuff, but. It, but the oversight you're talking about, I mean, he he owns that company. It's his company, so he doesn't have to go through Congress to get his money, which right. we know how hard that is nowadays. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's and he doesn't cool. have to like make up a Congress-approved reason to do it either. He just did it because he's passionate about it. He wants to, and not only that, but he, you know, it wasn't just him. 
using rehashed old technology. He actually, you know, created a new launch vehicle type thing, you know, that's reusable. And if you saw the video of those going up and then coming down and actually landing to be reused again, I mean, that was pretty awesome. You know, you used to watch Space Shuttle launch and those things would fly off and break into a billion pieces. Fall into the ocean. Crash into the ocean. But, you know, this guy, he's maybe because it is his own money and he's trying to, you know, be a little bit more uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, I guess. So. Well, the, the amazing thing about those boosters is they came down like, like they were booking. I mean, they were so fast and you see the video and you're like, those things aren't going to, I mean, they're just going to smash into the yeah. ground. And then all of a sudden those igniters light up and then they just start coming to a slow halt. And then it doesn't even look real. Like they just kind of come down slowly and they have landing gear that deployed and then they just land there on the, on the platform. It was like, that's CG. It doesn't even look real to me. Like that's, it's just amazing to see that happen. So to give a little more background on this for those of you that may not have it, it, there are four essential pieces to that launch the payload, which was, in this case, his car, and then the three rockets. So the two outer rockets um, came down and landed no problem, and then the main middle rocket is supposed to land on that uh, drone, drone ship, drone ship in the ocean. This time, it didn't. He's, he's landed that before. Um, it's extremely problematic, uh, that piece of the equation, and it wasn't successful this time. But... Um, the reason that he is so uh, obsessed with the reusing of the rockets is the cost. Uh, you know, he talks frequently about orders of magnitude, and he talks about you know if you if you look at his boring company or if you look at some of his his other ideas, he understands that the only way to be successful monetarily is to reduce the cost of some of these things. So um, the main reason why he's designed this recyclable rocket is so that space travel is significantly less expensive. And by the way, his company's not boring. His company is actually called Boring Company. So right. John was not digging at him there. That was he not was slander. just <laughs> given the name of his actual company name. So. Elon has a clever a clever way with words. Boring company is anything but, but it is also boring in the earth, which is interesting, boring a hole in the earth. You know, and then he's he's got the BFR, and I can't talk about what that stands for on the podcast, um, but that's another rocket plan that he has. And then, of course, with the different models of the Tesla cars, that spells uh, fun stuff. So And flamethrowers. Yeah. Don't forget yeah, flamethrowers. Flame I'm not aware of flamethrowers. He you, built that uh, $400 flamethrower you can buy from him, and it looks like a laser gun from science fiction films. It'll I shoot, haven't it seen totally that. Flames. It's like a destiny gun, and it it's does. like a flamethrower. I need to check that out. Of and course, he, I'm he unaware. Sold. How many did he 5, sell? 5,000? Yeah, he sold out in like two minutes. Like. What? Yeah. So, you know, when I when I picture flamethrower, I picture flames being thrown. You know, and then I saw the video, and it's more like a glorified lighter to me. Propane but, torch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have to tell the story about their propane torch. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good one. A good new way to kill houseflies around your yeah, property, so, right? Yeah, uh, I, so I was pretty hyped about it, and then I was a little disappointed when I saw the actual thing in practice in one of his videos. But, yeah, I mean, he's out there creating flamethrowers and selling them on the Internet. I mean, who does that? He's, I'm a big fan of his philosophies, and um, I did also find it amusing that not only did he launch his car into space, but he equipped it with some way to transmit 
the data of this of the car you know back to us so that we can watch it just kind of spinning out there in the middle of nowhere you know what the goal of the car was right it, it was to orbit was was <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 to orbit mars right yeah he tried to launch it he missed yeah. I think he was trying to save Mark Watney, wasn't he? I think so. What, was that the goal? What's the expression? You shoot for the moon, you hit the bird, you shoot for the bird, you hit the rocks. So he shot for Mars, and what's he going to hit? I don't know. Probably <laughs> nothing. A whole lot of nothing. He's going to hit the Astro Belt or something? Yeah, I was going to say, is any head toward the Astro Belt? I think they kind of said that yeah. uh, the way that the car is constructed, that it doesn't have enough, uh, I don't want to say heavy metal, but it doesn't have enough insulation type things to actually... Um, it, the trajectory it's going now, they don't think it's going to last very long. Like it, it won't be able to withstand the elements that are going to be where it's the other now. space so, junk. Yeah, and I guess that's the other part of the whole thing is since this guy is kind of a private. I mean, you know, if if NASA, if somebody a NASA engineer came and said, "Hey, I want to shoot a Tesla into space," they would have said, "No, you're not shooting a Tesla into space." So I guess that's kind of the other thought about this is now we have this Tesla floating around in orbit, you know, along with other 20,000 gigantic pieces of space junk that are currently orbiting uh, the Earth. And so, you know, what repercussions do we have in the future of this Tesla kind of just floating around? So I know there's a little bit of controversy about him being irresponsible shooting this out, but... Well, that doesn't mention the dead body he has in the trunk, right? That's yeah. how you tell you how to body nowadays. That's funny. Launch it into, into space. space. <laughs> yeah, launch it into space, you'll never get found, right? At least not found in time for anything to matter. Unless you're Princess Leia, then you can just point your finger and come back to life and hold your breath be long enough. Back in. <laughs> I that's spoiler alert, bro. Everybody should have seen that by now. Okay. I've seen if I've seen I it, everybody seen else has seen it. <laughs> You haven't seen it yet? No, I haven't. I'm waiting to buy it. Mm. <laughs> it's cheaper. Well, I didn't give really anything away. So uh, you, did you hear about the other thing that was part of the payload of the car? Uh-uh. He has this brand new, it's called an ARC. It's spelled A-R-C-H. It's a new data storage format oh. that's supposed to be last billions of years. That's cool. And hold... Is it holographic or? I don't know what it is, but they call it ARC, and it's spelled A-R-C-H, but I guess you pronounce it ARC. At least that's what the article I was reading. But anyway, um, so they have this new thing, and he launched one of those up there with, you know, 500 terabytes of crap on it. So 500 terabytes. Oh. It's got little teeny vinyl records yeah. in there. You know. <laughs> well, that's what NASA does too, right? They send some, uh, some pictures and some math equations and some, some music. What's supposed to communicate to these aliens, the little green men that find it? Yeah, yeah, and they included video of, of Pac-Man, and that's why the aliens attack us because they think we're <laughs> Scott. That's a movie, bro. Oh, sorry, it's not real life. That's not real life. <laughs> but on the Voyager, didn't they include a gold record? Because that's yeah. a, a format that anybody, as long as you have a needle and a cone, you can play a record. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller, wasn't it? I don't know. I think I can't it. Remember. I think it was. Dude, Michael Jackson's Thriller gets a lot of airtime. It does. It's a good CD, album, I mean, tape, okay. eight track, whatever it was when it first came out. <laughs> real, uh, real. Scott, we're in the world of streaming now, so what the heck? I, I know it's pretty cool when you think about streaming, though, to have all the world's music available in your pocket at any time, pretty much. You know That's the other cool. the other cool thing that came out of this uh, rocket launch. They were talking, and I might misquote this, but they're talking about this is leading us to intercontinental travel. 
um, using the same type of technology where you just shoot yourself straight up and then come down. And so New York to London can be like a 20-minute flight using the same technology. Would, do you think that the fuel is cost prohibitive, though, to fuel a rocket to do that kind of travel? I mean, maybe if you're someone special. I'm sure Elon could afford it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think it kind of goes, uh, what was the, the supersonic commercial plane? Concorde? Yeah, the Concorde. I mean, it was kind of the same thing. If you could afford it, you could do it. But, yeah. I mean, they essentially ended up going out of business because nobody could afford to fly. Well, they were mechanically had some issues, too. A lot of them went out of service. Yeah. I definitely think that's a cool idea, and I would certainly like to see fewer of the uh, rockets uh, blowing up upon landing um, before I tried it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a cool idea. (laughs) 33% success rate's not that great, right? Yeah. So, pretty cool, though. Did you know that Elon Musk does not, that he takes a minimum wage salary from his company? Yeah, I... Trust me, when, when we Not talk, that he his, needs the money, but when we talk his philosophies, I really do uh, agree with a lot of his ideas. His, I, minim, his minimum wage, I know his and minimum then bonuses and dividends, <laughs> and then all his stock <laughs> options, and yeah. so he's you know billions and billions in stock options, but he'll only take a thirty thousand dollar a year salary. I so. mean, if, if I'm got a thirty thousand dollar a year salary, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be driving a Tesla and then just throwing it away into space, so. right? I mean that's cool that you know he, he takes that there, kind of idea. But there are plenty of CEOs that take the stock options and and the salary. The salary. No, so, I agree. So yeah. I mean I, that's really good for his company that he's willing to, you know, I mean how much is enough? He obviously has enough and realizes it and is willing to sacrifice. I did air quote sacrifice. <laughs> he uh, truly believes though in in his missions, sustainable <laughs> transportation, going extra extra planetary traveler or whatever, however you say that and um, one other thing and that's really the whole reason for all of his um, businesses is to further those three goals of his and he's he's very driven if it doesn't further those goals he's he doesn't really care he's working on hyperloop right yep hyperloop is would be the fourth method of travel if you know if it continues to progress which is you know basically the the car in a tube from underground all the sci-fi shows that oh, you see that's different the underground travel is different that's the boring company uh the hyperloop is above ground and it's a tube and it's vacuum sealed so the friction is significantly reduced and so you can go super fast it um, goes like a thousand it goes, billion it, it goes miles an hour. it goes a million billion i don't know but it's really really fast and very uh fairly inexpensive like it's actually a viable transportation method if we can continue to progress the prototyping so so yeah elon musk he's got a lot of cool stuff going on a very interesting guy so you know i'm excited there are people out there like him that are visionaries that look to the future and try and make things better even if they are a little weird but he said a lot of people just assume that progress will happen and he said that's just wrong yeah, not that's the case. You got to have the dreamers and the people and who are. He's clearly a dreamer and he's clearly progressing something. I mean, he's had these ideas for what, 10 years? And it's he's pushed them farther than they've been pushed in the last 50, you know, or whatever. So, um, yeah, he's, he's one of the people I consider a role model these days. But I think there are some considerations as, as we further, or 
continually allow private enterprise into science. Because I would hate for scientific discoveries to become intellectual property of a particular company and trade secrets. I think it's great if, if they shared that knowledge between many companies so we all can benefit from the discoveries and the trials. You're not going to get any resistance on, on copyright or patent infringement with us. We totally agree, but the fact of the matter is companies already do own that stuff, and they already are complicating progress in that way. I mean, Microsoft, Apple, Google, they all have their patents, and if the other people try and do things, you know, they're going to want to get paid. And uh, so I have, a, I have a... I totally agree with you, is what I'm saying, but... Um, we already are suffering. Because so. uh, one of the things that uh, they said in the news the other day is uh, the International Space Station is coming up at the end of the, the lease, uh, if you will, from the government, and there's discussion about privatizing uh, the International Space Station. Hmm. So that's another consideration that uh, our government's making right now, and I, I think we need to be careful how much we give away because once you give that away, it's hard to get back because... That companies will invest in a lot of money in it, and oh, this is mine. No, I'm not sharing this with you because this is my this is my competitive advantage over other companies. Or I'm going to charge a million dollars to do it, and yeah, you know, I, I, okay. space is really there's a lot of resources out in space, and the first person to get out there and get all those resources is going to be pretty well off. Yeah. So I just think that uh, our patent systems out of control, our copyrights, all that stuff is just out of control. You know, uh, Apple patents the curved bezel, the edge of their phone, and sells Samsung for a billion dollars, or sues Samsung for a billion dollars for infringement. You know, uh, that kind of stuff's just out of control. I'm not opposed to people making money on stuff, but where do we stop? You can seriously patent the rounded edge. It has to be square, only you can have it round for how many years? 17 years, 25 years, whatever the... It's just ridiculous. I think that if we're going to protect people's um, ideas, they they need to because things are moving forward so quickly these these days. They need to be protected for a short amount of time. Otherwise, you hinder progress. So. Yeah, I agree. Very nice. So, do we have another question that we want to go on to? Sure. Uh, so, um, many of the actors and actresses out there are what they call typecasts. So one actor plays the same role in many different films. What actor or actress would immediately come to your mind, I'll start with you, Dustin, um, that has played the same role in several different films? Can I take a little spin on your question? Sure. Let's say you find an actor that typecasts and then you have to say what you would like what role would you like to see them in? So here's an example. I think Chuck Norris is the the character poster boy for kung fu type movie. Uh, Texas Ranger. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, hero. Uh, I mean, he only, he only ever plays in one type of movie. So let's put him in... Uh, Let's put him in The Greatest Showman and let him be a singer and see how he, how he comes out ahead. I don't know. if <laughs> that be good for us or bad for us? Can you sing? I don't care. I you just, don't care? You uh, just want to see it happen? He's done so many, uh, you know, superhero, not superhero, but, uh, you know, good guy, 
kung fu, karate, martial art type movies. Let's see him be. Let's see him be in a musical. That's what. That's okay. what I want to see. I'm down with that. That'd be pretty cool. What about you? Am I up? Yeah. So uh, immediately, comedians come to mind, but it's not just comedians. I, I think even uh, dramatic actors uh, get stuck in a in a pigeonhole. Um, I'm not really super good with actor names, so it's difficult for me to answer this one on the spot. But um, I I think Jim Carrey uh, has been typecast pretty heavily. I think that he, there are a couple of shows where he didn't fit the normal Jim Carrey mold, but on those shows where it might have been a little more dramatic, he still had his Jim Carrey facial expressions and stuff. And so I feel like he was specifically, I don't know, I just feel like he's hes one of those that are typecast pretty often. So what type of role would you like to see him play? I like everything from Jim Carrey pretty much. So, um, Well, something out of the norm. What, what, what do you think would be kind of funny to see him try to play i think it'd be amusing to see him in a superhero movie or or, was in or, a superhero movie. or an action movie wasn't he in a superhero call movie? it out the mask? mask no but that, like yes that is from a comic um and yes that has to do with superpowers and stuff i i don't totally understand where that story comes from is that the loki thing i don't even know uh, Brian could speak to that better than I could, but but the point is, is not that movie. That's not <laughs> no. That I'm talking like a, a current. Uh, you mean like him be Captain America or something, or, or something like that. Thor hammer, you know, <laughs> or even like B- Batman Begins or something, you know. Um, because if he did get cast in that movie, he'd be cast as the Joker. He wouldn't be cast as some. He wouldn't be cast as Gordon or, or anything, the Riddler, you know, or the Riddler. Yeah, he. I think he already was cast as Riddler, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what I mean. That's typecasting. So, I'd like to see him uh, in a role um, uh, that m- might play to some of his other abilities. I think he would play uh, like a, a good serial killer. Ooh, like dude, that dude has some funky facial expressions like, that would lend well to that. Yeah, like a crazy kind of serial killer obsessed with you know something they should have cast him for the Hannibal type role or something yeah that was that eight millimeter by Robin Williams where he was that serial killer the photo booth guy oh yeah yeah I can see him doing that I would have liked to seen him cast as Joker in Suicide Squad I think he would have done better than Leto personally but but that's again typecasting yeah you just typecast him yeah what about you Brian so the one that immediately comes to my mind um, is Adam Sandler Oh, dude. That guy has the same goofy guy in every movie he plays. And I think it would be interesting if he played, like, a Jack Reacher or, like, Mission Impossible. Like, if he was some sort of spy or James Bond, clumsy James Bond guy (laughs) in a a spy movie. So there is one guy that kind of happened to. um, This wasn't my original thing, but talking about this, uh, Michael Keaton who, you know, he was really famous as being a comedian back in the day. And then all of a sudden he was cast to play Batman. And I thought, what the heck? He can't be Batman. He's like a funny guy. And uh, I actually thought he did a decent job as Batman. So uh, there's an instance of it actually happening. What Batman was Michael Keaton in? The Batman. one with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Was it, was it, oh, so what was that one called? It was in the 90s, wasn't Batman it? Batman Forever, Batman Begins. There was just Batman. It was Batman, dude. It was just Batman. That's what I said, Batman. Okay. Okay. Batman. Batman. 
So uh, one of the other people that I immediately thought of was Harrison Ford because I love every movie he's ever been in. Yep. He's one of my favorite actors, but you know he's always that tough guy too. Yep. So uh, you the, find the one that, movie man. that I thought was interesting for him, and it kind of went against type. Was uh, did you ever see What Lies Beneath? Yep. Yeah, that was out of his normal. Where yeah. he was kind of the he ended up spoiler alert being the bad guy. So. But he's, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Of course, he's my two favorite roles, Han Solo and Indiana Jones, so. Yeah, he um, was also in U.S. Marshals and The Fugitive. Um, yeah, he's been in. Both in very good. million different shows. Really good Air ones. Air Force though. One. Yeah. Another really, great movie. Really good shows. Um, I, I agree, though. He's, he's good. So some of the other things going on in the world right now are the Olympics that uh, just got started this week. Um, lots going on there. I love the Olympics. I look forward to the Olympics every single time, winter and summer. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of curling. Everybody makes fun of me when I say that, but I love curling. I love the strategy. You guys ever watch curling? So let me ask you this. Curling's where you have the weight and you pull it up to, the, your, the bocce no, to your elbow. On ice. The stone, yeah. Right. Stone, Shoulder. right. So I I recently signed up for a trial of uh, YouTube TV. And so the cool thing about YouTube TV is you have unlimited storage space to record. So I went on and I said, record every minute of the Olympics. So I can go to my YouTube TV and I can just watch any Olympics. So the other day it comes up with a chunk and it's curling and um, snowboarding, I think was the, the second part of that. Do you have to watch commercials? No, I can skip through them. Very nice. So... I started, I started the program, and it's curling, and um, it was Canada. It was, so it was a, a couple, I guess. Or yeah, a, they're doing a mixed, mixed uh, pairs right now. So it was a Canadian man and a woman, right. and uh, I think it was the Netherlands, maybe. I can't remember the, who the other team was. So I'm, I'm watching it for a couple of minutes, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And then I kind of got bored with it. So I'm like, I want to get to the snowboarding. So I started fast forwarding and I went through like two hours of curling and it was the same two teams played for two hours. I know. Awesome. Huh? Well, I I don't get it. I was like, have have they started a new match? Is it like best out of three? Like it was two hours, honestly, to get, to get to them. And it's cool, but I didn't, I didn't really understand once you understand it and can appreciate it, the skill required to huck that stone down, you know, 50 yards of ice or however long it is, I don't know, and have it curve just right and stop on a circle, you know, that's not much bigger than the stone itself. It's just mind blowing to me and all the strategy that's involved in physics and I they love brush the ice, the professional brush the ice yeah, to make it go faster. And yeah, it's a, so does the I other team get to sweep the opposing team's stone that's being thrown? No. The, so there's a line that cuts through the house, which is the target. Yeah. There's a red line that cuts it in half. The opposing team can sweep any stone that's on the once it crosses that line. Okay, so that's what I saw. Yeah, is them sweeping the stone. Trying to get it out of the house because once it's out of the house, it's not in scoring position. So, what about any of you guys? You guys been watching any Olympics? Yeah, we've been watching Olympics. I'm, as you know, I'm a hockey fan, so um, I was watching the uh, U.S. women's team playing uh, Finland. That was a pretty yeah, interesting game. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, it was 
a lot of skill involved. That was that was pretty. Boy, that rink for the Olympic hockey, man, it looks ginormous. Yeah. It's really big compared to, you know, the NHL one that I'm used to looking at. So they've got lots of room to skate. Yeah, it's pretty action-packed and fast-paced. Uh, it's kind of different because I'm used to them, you know, body checking and slamming into each other uh, during the match. And um, they can't do that in the Olympics, but it's still still pretty competitive. They, they were actually pushing and shoving there toward the, that, after that second goal. It was pretty funny. Would you how, – how do they um – how do they stock an Olympic uh, an, an Olympic hockey team? I mean, how are who do they train? Are they professionals? Are they not professionals? How do they get their college. players? College. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of, uh, college this year. Is um, it always college? I thought I thought it was mostly like people from the lower leagues. So this or? year, so in the past, uh, the the NHL has sent players to the Olympics, but as like of the Mighty Ducks, my not Coach, Coach Bombay, bro. Oh. That's different. That's a different kind Flying of Flying wing, Brian. Flying Fly, wing. Flying V. A V. V. <laughs> so uh, the NHL has participated in the Olympics ever since 1998, so every, every winter Olympics. But um, as of April, the IOC said that they were no longer going to help the NHL uh, pay for players' travel, the insurance, and the logistics, how to get players back and forth. And so this year the NHL announced that they're not going to have players um, in this winter Olympics. And so that's brought some questions to my mind. Um, I guess the NHL actually campaigned this whole season. Um, they have surveyed people in the U.S. and Canada to ask fans what they think. Should, should players be allowed to attend the Olympics? And um, 73% of fans in the U.S. and 53% of fans in Canada have said, no, we don't want them. Why? Uh, that's, this is what the NHL claims. That's so dumb. So um, the other thing is the Olympics, or the NHL says that it's very disruptive to send players to the Olympics because they have to stop their schedule for 17 days, you know, getting players back and forth. And then when the players get back, they have a compressed schedule, um, you know, of games. They have more games on a fewer days, and they think it's also a big risk when they send the players that they, if they get injured, um, they could damage the the teams coming back uh supposedly last season four players actually had season ending injuries at the olympics and um they think that also the during the olympics the major league baseball hasn't started and nfl just ended so they like the extra exposure because they're one of the few major sports that's on tv so they think it's a loss in exposure and public relations to send players over there and not have any games going on when during the olympics but so it's not really about what it sounds like to me is it's not really about sending the best team and representing the country it's more we want to make our money we don't want to hurt what we have to right yeah that's what it sounds to me well it's it's a business the league is a business yeah they're out to make money and get exposure and to um attract fans which gets them more money yeah but the olympics happen once every four years but the thing is, the NHL didn't even bother asking the NHL Players Association. The, the players are actually upset because they, they like going to the Olympics. They think, why not showcase our the best players in the world which from the NHL at the Olympics? That's the whole point. Well, you know, they used to, you know, back in the day, a long time ago, not allow any professional athlete in the Olympics. And uh, at the time, I thought it was a really good idea. You know, let's let's just limit this to people 
who aren't getting paid the big bucks to do this. This is their only opportunity to really showcase some of these sports, you know, like curling, for example, who even hears about curling except once every four years. Let's let some of these lesser. But over the years, I've kind of changed my mind to say, yeah, let's let's let the professional, let's send the best, let's have the Olympics be a representative of the best the world has to offer. So I, I'm kind of disagreeing with that. I think they should should let them go, you know, especially if they want to. They should have let them go. Well, I think if you look outside of the U.S., like look at China, they, they take kids at a very, very young age and they test them to be gymnasts. And then if they're accepted into this program, that becomes their life from very young age. I mean, they just breed these kids and train them to be gymnast Olympians all of their life so that they can compete in the Olympics. So what's the difference between that professionalism and, you know, someone who's played hockey all of their life, they've gone through Little League, they've gone through high school, they've gone through college, they've made it to a professional team. What's really the difference there? It, it yeah, I feel like we're cutting, we're cutting off our, our own arm, you know. I get it, you know. The little guy who, who isn't backed by a big team and who maybe is self-funded or whatever, might not get the same exposure but ultimately the olympics are uh we're gonna shake our tail feathers and puff up our chests and we're gonna see which country the best best athlete comes out of and if we're tying or cutting our own arm off so to speak you know we're not sending our best and we're and we're not and we're not winning and i'll tell you right now um in the in the they call it slope style, but they actually have a couple different things, not just slope right. style, uh, for the for the biking. Um, we are almost never in the top five. It's almost always Canada, and it and it bugs me. I'm like, where is the United States representation? And if I found out it was because those guys can't compete because they are professionals here, I'd be frustrated. You know, I want to see my country up right. there, hopefully winning or at least contending for that. And I, I don't think it's any different for curling or for basketball or for, you know, some of these other ones. How do you think that compares? I mean, because we have professional sports like the NFL and then we have the NCAA or, you know, college football. So isn't that a similar parallel where the college kids aren't professional? They're doing it because they want to, not because they're paid the most. Is that a similar? Well, so I was just kind of thinking about that. And I'm going to go towards the NBA because NFL doesn't really have an Olympic sport. But if you look at the NBA, if you only ever sent NBA players to the Olympics, there's a lot of college kids that never make it to the NBA. And so they may never have the opportunity to compete in the Olympics. And so I think I think maybe, you know, I I, kind of like the idea of sending our best of the best, too, but. I think there may be some opportunity of, of kids or you know college athletes that may never make it to the big time that would make great Olympians. And so, I, I don't know. It's do kinda, you, do it's you really tough. think that, though? I mean, why wouldn't they make the NBA if they were good enough to be in the Olympics? Just because there's an, a limited amount of, of you know, professional spots. Um, and mm. so there are a, really, a lot of really good um, athletes, you know, that, I mean, Look at um, Jim Fredette from from BYU, great basketball player. Um, he played in. Did you just say something nice about BYU? I know it's kind of crazy. <laughs> wow. you know? I've never heard of I'm him. I'm never going to live this down. But 
he couldn't make it in the bigs. And so he's playing overseas, you know, and he's making, you know, a name for himself. He's making good money. He's on a professional team, but he'll never or probably would never have an opportunity to play on an Olympic team because there just wasn't a spot for him in the NBA. Why don't they just hold tryouts and let college basketball try out and let and let NFL or whatever the basketball one's called try out? Yeah, I, I don't know how you Junior fix that jazz problem. Is what you're saying? Junior jazz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how you fix that problem. There's yeah, I don't know if there's a good answer. But to answer your question early, I'll tell you what the difference between you know the the ones that grow up in China is and us is that the the group making the money off those kids is grooming them to be that to be the gymnast to be and that's how they get their return where you know here at the nhl for example they're just the opposite the only thing they don't get any money by sending players to the olympics they don't um you know they take a lot of risk it's a lot more hassle for them and that's what it all comes down to is the money, money. so that's that's really what it's all about and why you know, the NHL isn't allowing them to do it is because they're worried about it's going to cost them money. Well, I think other countries also, they have a different pressure while they're at the Olympics because if they don't perform well, if they don't bring home that trophy or that medal at the Olympics, you know, their whole family's thrown in jail, you know, or they're, they're, <laughs> they're taken out back and shot. Who knows, what? right? What? Wow. Right? Well, uh, what third world country are you the, coming there from There are here? certainly first world countries that don't treat their citizens super nice but and and i can't really speak to that because i'm not super aware but um you know i do think that at some point we need to separate ourselves from money being the only dang incentive holy cow why can't why can't you know bragging rights be good enough i you bring up an interesting point about the injuries i mean that's that's a big deal you know, you show your prize horse off at a at a riding golf horse thing, whatever that's called, um, and you lose your prize horse, and now you're out, and that affects your ability to compete. And that's you know, so it makes you think, oh, I got to be careful with my my assets. But I don't know, I I get so tired of it all being all about the dollar. Soccer's been doing that for years, though. Which one? Soccer has been doing what? Losing players and stuff? Sending players to play for their national teams. I mean, they have international weekends where you have to release your player from the team to go play for the national team if they're called up type of thing. So uh, I understand the NHL's thing, but it's been going on for 100 years in the soccer world. You know, they have the, the World Cup. Uh, in the middle of the summer this year, when it comes up, we'll probably talk about it. I guarantee we'll talk about Scott, it at least a little bit. You but bring up an interesting point. MLS, Major League Soccer, it's right in the middle of their season. They they don't totally cut off because they don't have a ton of players playing for teams because they're not super fantastically good. But, you know, they take a kind of a, a, a quasi break and uh, account for the World Cup. So if they can do it, hockey can do it. So you bring up an interesting point. So Dustin's saying the college kid will never get the the Olympic chance because of the pros. So how, how does soccer <clears throat> address the the little the little guy on the? They don't. So it is just the pros. The yeah. pros will go to do their national team. Yes, it's to the me, best players me, available. To no me, matter where they play, that's the way we ought to do it. To me, that's my opinion. Well, 
And soccer's way different. I mean, I don't want to get into a big thing, but, you know, soccer's the most popular sport in the world, and there are 10,000 soccer jobs as a soccer player in every country in the world. You know, they pay soccer players, where basketball, there's not, it's not as widespread, or hockey, you know, there's only three or four hockey leagues that they're paying people to play. I don't know. I don't. They call it American football for a reason. But, yeah, football, you know. So soccer is a little different than a lot of other sports. But Well, I think it's uh, like what we had in the 1980s, the, the Miracle on Ice, where we sent all the college kids, and we were quite the underdogs, and we came back to win the gold. I think that's a more rewarding experience when you really have to fight for it. You don't, you're not everyone's putting their um, best players on the team. seems like it's less rewarding. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. I mean, there's a story for everything. I mean, they sent the dream team basketball, you know, I mean, and that was yeah. like this monumental thing where, you know, they'd gone and just destroyed everyone. Destroyed, yeah, yeah and, and won. I don't know. The, the Olympics are pretty interesting. One other thing that I, I've been kind of following is the athlete from Russia who cannot <laughs> compete under his own flag because of a, a nationwide doping infringement. I mean, it's just... It's crazy how serious things are. Do the Russians cheat on everything? Yeah, they had uh, institutionalized. It was part of their actual training regiment that they were uh, doping. So the country got kicked out, but the athletes who could prove that they weren't doping themselves could still attend the Olympics, but they can't be under the Russian flag. And yeah, so if they win a gold medal, then so they the don't. Olympic athletes from Russia, oh, they are, yeah, and they they don't get their anthem played. They yeah, they get, get the Olympic, Olympic anthem, anthem played. played. That's got to be embarrassing. I, so, is it much of a punishment? I guess if you're still going to let them come, but then I guess the the players who are aren't cheating shouldn't be banned. Yeah, that should be penalized. penalized. I mean, but it's funny. I agree. They're testing clean. It, it just it just it's bad that it has to that it comes down to this where a country feels like they have to take that step to compete and be top. Well, it's because we keep sending our best players. Or if they don't do well, that you will be shot. Maybe that's why they're afraid. I got a dope so my family doesn't get thrown in some political prison in the middle of the Ukraine or something. I, I don't think that's going on, Brian. You don't think so? No. That's why I dropped out of the Olympic uh, team for basket weaving is because my family was in jeopardy. Underwater <laughs> basket weaving is a real sport. I dropped out. Is it really a real, it is sport? A real sport? That's ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. It's very competitive. I'll, s- I'll tell you what's cool, though, is to see uh, these athletes push themselves to the limits. Um, I've been watching a lot of the snowboarding, and last night I was watching ski jumping. And, um, you know, they're doing these big downhill ski jumps, and the winner, this, I was watching uh, the ladies jump, and she jumped 110 meters. Like that's that's three hundred thirty feet. That's over a football field that's in crazy. length that she's traveling, and she's like five four. And they said that she was like a hundred and ten pounds or something like that. And I'm like, wet, soaking wet. Yeah, that was all of her gear. Hundred and ten yeah. pounds with all of her gear. And I'm like, this girl is chucking herself down this mountain. It, I don't even know what the speed is. It's pretty crazy. Like eighty miles an hour or something is what yeah. it is. And then the same thing with the luge. I was watching the luge last night, and um, it happened to be the female team again. And these ladies are are on this sled, 
propelling themselves down the mountain at like 80 miles per hour with nothing but a helmet on. Like, I'm seeing a pattern here, Dustin. It's it's crazy to me that in the luge especially that that thing, after doing this, is often decided by thousands of a second. Yeah, they were all just, it was like... Like the difference between first and eighth place is a half a second. And it's crazy that they are so consistent that when they go down there that, you know, that it's that close to me that... I don't, I don't there know. was a I photo finish on speed skating, too. One guy beat another guy by literally probably an inch of his blade. He stuck his foot out a little bit further to, to beat him. And how many seconds is that? It's like point zero zero Nanosecond zero, or something. Yeah. Zero, it's zero, one, you know. It's, yeah. and I don't and know it's just crazy. Sorry. I don't know if you guys saw any of the snowboarding, like the slope stuff. Oh, yeah, I watched it all. And they're doing the, you know, they have a train park up front, and then they have three great big giant mm-hmm. jumps. And I watched both... Um, the men's team and the women's team do this, and my gosh, they just huck themselves. Same oh, type crazy. thing. And when they don't land correctly or they land hard, it's bad. Like yeah. I can't believe they walk away from something. They of just this pop stuff. up and ski snowboard down the rest yeah, of the thing. Man, They're pretty crazy. tough. So, John, one thing you love about the Olympics? Uh, that's really tough. What? Just one thing. One thing. Yeah. Destin, one thing you love about the Olympics? I uh, I just like watching these athletes just push themselves to the limit. Like, no holds bar. Like, this is their one last chance, um, and they just go for it. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm going to have another tournament or another competition next week. Like, I only get a chance to win an Olympic medal every four years, and I may only ever make it to the Olympics once. And so when they come the passion and the desire and the fight that they have to win that gold medal is just amazing to me. Brian? I think it's a good excuse for uh, patriotism and nationalism. You're looking and hoping your team wins, and you're excited about every athlete from your country. I think it's great. John? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback with Dustin. I think that their dedication is admirable. Even if I'm not a huge fan of the Olympic sports that, that exist, I think that anyone that can dedicate themselves like that is impressive to me. Yeah, that, I'm kind of the same way. Even I'm the dopers, a, they still, you know, even though they're enhancing their body in a way that we don't necessarily want them to, they are still highly dedicated. All of them. They're they're incredible. Some yeah. of these sports I'm not fans of at all, but I really love the competition that the Olympic has. And, and to piggyback on you, Brian, my, my favorite thing is just hearing the national anthem play when someone's standing there and watching them get so emotional and choked up, you know, it, sometimes gets me a little choked up too so I, I love the olympics and i'm excited they're here so and it's it's kind of cool that we live in an area where some of these uh, olympic athletes kind of brush shoulders with you know people in our town yeah i mean i did some filming for the the aerial ski jump pool and i, I have two guys that i'm i still keep in contact um one's a mogul skier and he was an al- first alternate and then mac Mahanen. Uh, he's actually competing in the freestyle competition for skiing. And it, it's just cool to know that we're bringing people right from our own backyard to these competitions. Yep. Do you think it's more prestigious that they get a gold medal or that they're on the cover of a Wheaties box? Gold medal. Both. I'm tired, I'm tired of the money thing. Once they get a gold medal, <laughs> they're on the Wheaties box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's our show this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, you know where to find us. If you don't know where to find us, we'll have some links and some stuff in our uh, 
show notes on the page. Uh, next week, we're going to try something a little new. We are going to watch a movie this week, and we're going to talk about it next week. If you are interested at all in keeping up with us and kind of watching the same movie that we're going to watch uh, so you know what we're talking about, it's called Maximum Ride on Netflix. It's also PG-13, so make sure it's parent-approved if yes. you need to. Uh, it looks like something about some people who can fly. <laughs> so some kids who can fly. Cool. Looks like a good sci-fi show. I don't know, maybe fun. not, but we're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it a little next week. So if you want to uh, read along or watch along with us, feel free to do that this week. I'll bring the popcorn. All right. Uh, for you guys, for Brian. Yep. See you later. John. Certainly. All right. See Dustin. you guys. This is Scott. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on this week's podcast. You can find more episodes, show notes, and links at our website at www.regularguysrandomthings.com. You can also find us on all the social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Once again, thanks for listening, and catch us next week for a brand new episode.